Raising kids is hard and expensive. It can be difficult enough to make ends meet when you have two incomes to rely on, even more so when you are raising a child on your own or facing the possibility as a result of divorce. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Jill Blankenship, co-founder of OurDivorce.com. She is here to share her story of being a single mom, and we're going to talk through some ideas to help you along the way. Stay tuned. Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find health and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Annie. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Not the whole story, just a little bit, little teaser. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of broke all the rules um, of getting married. I didn't know my ex for very long. We only knew each other for a few months. He asked me to marry him and I said, yes. So um, with that marriage came raising his four children. And then we had three of our own and we were married for about eight years before we got divorced. Okay. And I know there's a lot more to that story. We'll get into that. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, though, today. And we're kind of going to focus today at, at some point after we hear your story about making ends meet as a single parent. We want listeners to not only hear your story and be encouraged by that, but also to maybe take away some tips on things that they can do, because certainly we both know parenting is one of the hardest yet most fulfilling jobs in the world, single or not. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your story. Uh, a little more about OurDivorce.com and your thoughts on the Single Mom Show. So the way I see it, the less prepared you are for single parent life, the harder it is. So, you know, that could be by it being a surprise pregnancy and doesn't even involve marriage, or it could be by way of divorce. So let's kind of just start right in the middle of your story and tell us just a little bit about what OurDivorce.com is. So OurDivorce.com is an online application uh, that really guides people through the divorce process. We ask questions that are answered by the couple, and it really is more for an amicable divorce. I mean, if you're at war with each other and there's a lot at stake, probably hiring an attorney is the best option. Um, But really, our process allows the couple to uh, go over the the assets and even negotiations of, you know, do you want to keep the RV or do we sell the RV? Um, those kind of questions. And then at the end of the process, uh, the documents um, are copied or, or printed out. And then you just take them to your to the local courthouse and file your divorce there. And there's a one-time charge of $299 which is a lot cheaper than hiring an attorney um, (laughs) in that process. So um, my business partner, Tom Milligan, and I um, have spent the last two years going through developing this this application so that it's it's very easy for people to use. And again, you print out the documentation, you file it, and it's as simple as that. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And is this a nationwide application anybody can use? 
It is. We've um, we've just launched in 12 states, but the goal is to launch in all 50. We did pick the states that the divorce rate is the highest. Okay. Um, there's definitely more demand there. And we have about 1,400 couples going through the process right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's really cool. And, and you know, actually, I did an earlier episode earlier this year, I believe it was on DIY divorce. So there's some information there for anybody that this might be suitable for. But that was actually with an attorney in, I believe she's either in Missouri or Kansas, probably Missouri. And so her site was specific to Missouri. Not that you couldn't make application for other states, but it just, she hadn't expanded it to that. And so it was really, that episode was really more about is it appropriate for you to do a DIY divorce or does your situation demand something different for you? So um, there's a little bit more information about that on that episode for listeners, if if that would be something that would help you here, but definitely check out ourdivorce.com. It's certainly widely available in several states. Do you know, because I have do have a lot of listeners in Missouri and Kansas uh, because of where I'm at, um, do, do you know if those two states are part of it? No, they are not yet. Not? Okay. <laughs> they will be released in Q1 of 2022. So we're, okay. we're rapidly getting the states um, released as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, I guess the good news is we're not in the top 12 for divorce. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's, and it's one of those bittersweet you know, topics, which is um, where we certainly don't condone divorce or we're not you know, pushing that people should get a divorce. But what we're really doing is educating people that you don't need to hire an attorney to get a divorce. And that's really, I think, the that kind of false sense of, you know, what do I do now? I don't yeah. know where to start. I don't know what to do. And and that's a very real and scary feeling. So mm-hmm. again, visit ourdivorce.com and uh, check it out. And it really is meant for a guided process. Yeah. Um, so you you can learn about it and decide yeah. whether or not it's right for you. And, and you know, I'm with you. I, I tell people I'm a divorce coach. And I, I think what they hear is I'm a divorce cheerleader. <laughs> like, right. yay, divorce. That's not, no, and that's no. not <laughs> at all. It's like, we yeah. just want to help each other. Um, you know, we've, we've found ourselves in that position and really the support is what we need support and education. Yeah. The illustration I like to use is that, you know, cancer doctors are there because cancer exists, not because they like it, you know? So same thing here, you know, divorce is a reality and people need help. So uh, anyhow, uh, off that subject and back onto this one, (laughs) Uh, let's back up and hear as much as you want to tell us of your story of divorce before ourdivorce.com being a single mom. I may pop in with questions and to expand upon certain things, but just tell us about Jill and how you got where you are today. Right. And so um, my little, you know, teaser in the beginning, really, it was such a fast decision for me to get married. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so after I got married, um, I like instantly got pregnant. So I had uh, twins who are now (laughs) girl twins. Um, and then I had my, my, my youngest and last child okay. and he, um, and he's 28, but, but it really was, I was so young. I, I, I really did the best I could with, with so many children. My stepkids were nine, eight, seven, and six when I got married. And so they were quite young too. And unfortunately my husband ended up cheating on me 
which was my final straw. Um, obviously, there was a lot of I think challenges along the way. He was pretty controlling, and he was rarely home because he traveled quite a bit for work. And at the end of the day, it was just not working for me. Um, I was I was thirty years old when I got divorced, and the my children were. Um, at the time, the twins were six and my youngest was four. So um, young kids still, you know, in in preschool and uh, elementary school. And I needed to find work mm-hmm. um, because my my ex was self-employed and he decided mm-hmm. to claim that he was not making any money. And so the judge really I'm, I think he I was awarded nine hundred dollars a month or the three children. And I was like, I can't live on that. And so I had to, I had to get, get, you know, like get a job, find work, find daycare, find, um, find support. And one of the most challenging, challenging things for me is um, even, and this again was 20, 22 years ago, but even at the time, and I think I was making maybe $10 an hour, but that was too much money to get support, state support even food stamps. Um, So I was really in a lot of trouble, you know, just financially. And so I ended up, I was living in Kansas at the time, believe it or not. (laughs) Small world. (laughs) Right. And um, I decided to, to move back to the West coast. That's where my family was. And I, you know, I couldn't afford to move back to where my parents were, but my mom actually was like, have you ever thought about living on an island? And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of, you know, maybe Hawaii or (laughs) something (laughs) tropical, something tropical and wonderful. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, yes and no. And she, uh, she was like, well, there's this, um, this little island in the Pacific Northwest called Orcas Island. And let's go check it out. So we did. And as part of the divorce, kind of to make a long story short, I had been awarded $15,000 from one of my ex-husband's business partners to buy me out of part of a business okay. um, that, that he was part of. So I had that $15,000 and I was able to find a house on Orcas for $150,000. And that 10%, that $15,000 was what I was able to put down on the house. Okay. So the cool part is, is now I'm now I'm living on an island. The uncool part of it is I realized um, there's very limited year-round employment because mm. um, most people came in the summer. It was more of a, a destination, a lot of boating, people, you know, coming for like May through September. So again, I had to find a job. <laughs> and I started in retail and um and then worked for one of the resorts there, you know, kind of folding towels. And I was like, man, this really isn't going to get me anywhere. That was, that was constantly on my mind is how am I going to, how am I going to take care of my children so they can grow up and, you know, have, have a good life. You know, I think as parents, we all want that for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to provide them the best that I can. Um, So it was interesting. One of the, I would, one of the things that I did too was I sold real estate in the in the summertime, and I remember I had sold some property to um, a financial planner, and I and I asked him. I said, 
you know, what can I do on this island that doesn't require the seasons, you know, that where I, yeah. um, where I could only work from May to September that doesn't rely on somebody walking in the door because that was the other thing that was kind of painful sitting for retail. You're just sitting there hoping somebody comes in the door. And he said, you know, you should start a call center. And I was like, hmm. Again, this was back in 2004 now at this at this point. And I didn't really know what a call center was. I was like, well, there's really not enough business here on the island to have a call center. He's like, no, you have your agents here and you get your work from off island. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to check this out. So I did. I spent about six months putting together a business plan and I really kind of got dumb, you know, um, call centers for dummies and <laughs> researching and, and figuring out um, like, as I, as I put it together, um, including the name, you know, I came up with the name, I came up with the business plan. I came up with, you know, now I need some money to, to start the business. Mm-hmm. So I went to my parents, I went to friends, you know, I was pulling in a little bit of money. I ended up getting an SBA loan, uh, which was great. The one thing I think that's important to note, and this is really frustrating sometimes for women, unless you have an asset, it's really hard to get a loan. You can go in with a business plan, but but again, and you can go to your friends, and certainly my parents were as supportive as they could could be. But that was really what changed my life. Was did when you have I, to put your house up for collateral? I did. Okay. I did. And then I, you know, and I had nightmares of. I bet. <laughs> you know, this was the one thing I had. The yeah. one thing that I was able to um, to call my own. And I was scared to death that, you know, I was going to just lose everything. So lose I worked all, really yeah. hard not to do that. Um, so good motivation. <laughs> really good motivation. And really, even in the beginning, I, I wasn't able to pay myself very much. You know, I was, that was going to equipment and software platforms that, that I needed to run the call center and, and employees, but Were I was you still there. doing the, the towel folding and, and the real estate too. I was, I <laughs> okay. was because my mom told me like, until you can afford to pay yourself, you need to, you need a job. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting that first year as I was um, building the company and, and again, just trying to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could. So the first account we had was Susie's Barbershop that was on the island, and we took appointments for her. Um, the second client we got was the local internet service provider where we provided technical support. So it was really awesome to see it grow. And then I found a broker back east, and, and he brought us our first national account. And that's when the company really started growing. And I was able to put my other jobs and really focus on the call center, which I worked you know, 20 hours a day um, and, and took calls and, and did payroll and did paid the bills. And um, so, but there was always, you know, the need for more money. And I think that's another thing that, that we go through um, as, as single parents where it's just never enough. I mean, unless you're one of the lucky ones, you know, who, who has a, a big bank account, um, there's, there's just always those needs. Kids need, you know, they need clothes every year and need food and mm-hmm. uh, they play sports and all those things. Living on the, uh, 
certainly living on the island made it more simple. Mm-hmm. It, it really was like, how do I say this? You know, when you're in a city or when you're in a, lar- a more largely populated area, there's a lot more, a lot more things to spend money on, if that makes sense. True. Right. And yeah. so like we didn't have a um, a Target or Walmart. <laughs> we didn't have a Costco or, you know, we the the shopping that we did is, you know, the times that that I did go off the island, you know, I was shopping at, you know, at the Goodwill or, you know, they had a food bank on the island. And so I was getting I was able to get extra food that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it was it was a simple, more simple life. I, yeah. should I have a couple of questions for yeah. you. One is, do you have any idea what your mom's motivation was for suggesting that you live on the island? And what are your thoughts around that now? Yeah. And that's a really great question. I think um, for her, she had visited the island. And I think what she saw for me there was the simplicity okay. that it was affordable, first of all, very okay. affordable. And also, again, like my world revolved around a one mile radius. Mm-hmm. Like my house was here, the school was there, you know, the, and where I worked was like, everything was, was yeah. just right there. So um, I think in her mind, it was, I was, she saw my ability to be able to raise the children um, with everything so close. And I didn't, have, I didn't really have to drive anywhere. We walked you know, and after school, the kids would just come to my office and they would do their homework and, and we would go home together. And so that was, that was my life for a long time. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Today's show is sponsored in part by Jill Blankenship, co-founder of OurDivorce.com, providing a process for divorce like no other. Divorce is scary and risky, but at OurDivorce.com, divorce has never been easier. Find out more at OurDivorce.com or call 877-287-7808. And what my other question is, what are your thoughts now about the fact that this random, I guess I'll call it, decision to move to an island (laughs) led you to start a call center of all things, probably would have not been something you dreamed of doing as a little girl, (laughs) (laughs) but it, I assume, turned out successful. And so what are your thoughts now about how that all played together. Yeah. Um, For me, it was the ability to have control back in my life. And that was, that was something that I really, that that was really what drove me is I didn't want to be dependent on um, either, you know, state funding or, you know, those resources that really weren't great. And again, that drive to provide more for my kids and provides some kind of future for myself. And to your, to your point, I had no idea what a call center was. I didn't finish college. I had, I had no real business uh, experience other than I wanted to provide customer support the way that I would want to be treated. So I kind of took it from that angle. Like if I was calling, um, how would I, how would I want to be helped and how would I want someone to treat me if I was on the phone? And so that's what I really put, put the model behind with my employees and, and also with myself is like 
to provide the best service that we can, because that's how I would want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you've you got the the spirit that so many entrepreneurs do of just, you know, I, I'm not going to be dependent on the government, a man, yeah. um, fill in the blank. <laughs> I'm not yeah. dependent on anything but me, because I yeah. know I can count on me. <laughs> yeah. That, that <laughs> and was and I'll work as hard as I have to work to make it happen. So that's encouraging because, you know, people listening probably, you know, especially if you're facing the prospect of being a single mom. Now, uh, I'll be a little stereotypical here and say that if you're facing the prospect of being a single dad, it might not be quite as worried because, you know, there's still that big wage gap, right? Uh, So, so as you know, the prospect of, you know, being a single mom, I expect that I know from my own client experience, there's just a lot of fear that, you know, I'm just hoping I can get a $10 an hour job, you know, and now with the minimum wage hike, it's 15 an hour, but, but you know what I mean? Like, just, Mm -hmm. can I just not be destitute? That's really the goal. And, and so what you're sharing to me communicates to the listener, there's more than that. You don't have to just live paycheck to paycheck. You do have to work really hard, but you're going to work really hard regardless. So (laughs) you might as well figure out a way to do something you love. Right, 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 right. So you're going to work as hard as you, you know, as hard as you can anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and starting your own business isn't for everyone, but it really, you know, so whatever it is, whether it's, it's working and finding that job, which I think is, you know, I really encourage um, for women to do because number one, it teaches you that independence, independence, and it teaches, it gives you resources and a network of people that you can, you know, be friends with and and yeah. get away from the situation to think because mm-hmm. if we're just sitting there and aren't able to do anything, that's a that's a very depressing situation. It, yes. It just, and so the more that you can do to get out, you know, even, even if you don't have to um, bring money in, then go volunteer, go, go work at the, at the school or, you know, mm-hmm. getting out of the house and, and really be, develop your network mm-hmm. of people that you can surround yourself with that are, that are positive and that are going to give you the support that you're that you really need. Yeah. And that's an excellent point. Networking is vital. I mean, not only for your mental health, but just for the more people, you know, the more opportunities you have and people like helping people who need help. So don't be afraid to be that person who right now needs help and do what you have to do to make ends meet right now, but don't feel like you have to surrender to being in that place forever. You know, think about what it is you want to do with your life and what's your passion and, and how can you make that a reality, even if it takes 10 years to develop, you know? Because I didn't start my, my first company until I was 40 years old. Okay. So 10 years divorced. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, so it took a lot of time and a lot of jobs and a lot of things <laughs> yeah. um, to get to that point where, where I was ready to do that. Yeah. And I think even if, you know, you mentioned, if you don't need the money, go volunteer, which is great. There's certainly a lot that can be gained on both sides of that for, for volunteering, both for the person doing the volunteering and those that are the recipients of it. But 
I think there's also something to be said for, even if you don't need the money, do something to earn money of your own, because that really, really feeds your self-esteem, your self-worth. And so I, I definitely think that's a great idea, uh, regardless of need. So, and, and after I got divorced, I was really angry. Like it took me a lot of work to get past that anger. I was angry at him. I was angry at myself. You know, how could I be so stupid? So there was a lot of therapy that I went through just to become stronger um, and forgive myself and mm-hmm. forget and get on with my life, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, so uh, as as part of that, certainly there's a lot of self-work to be done, but there's also, I'm sure, a lot of other things that you did that helped you in those 10 years and, and counting, I'm sure beyond that, um, that you, you know, that weren't easy, but they were tips and tricks that you had to apply to make life work as a single parent. What would be some of those that rose to the surface for you? It's really sticking to your budget. And again, so, you know, I had, I had a a house payment and I had a car payment, but really those were the only two like payments that I had. I didn't have a credit card. Um, I, I pretty much paid everything in cash. Um, the, the clothes shopping that we all did was at, again, uh, consignment stores, Mm -hmm. the food, you know, food costs so much money. Uh, the things that that I did were more like casseroles, things that could could last us a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the kids lunches. I, you know, everything that I could do to save to stick within my budget was critical. Yeah. You know, and and that's really hard because retail therapy is kind of a cool thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I remember, like when I was selling real estate and I had sold you know, a property and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have like $3,000. Um, but, you know, I couldn't go out and spend it. I, that was going to have to last me through the winter. Right. There, there was no selling real estate in, in the winter um, up on Arcus Island. And so it's, it, it's those kind of things that you, that you really have to control within yourself. But was budgeting something that you learned growing up? Not no. at no, Most not people even, didn't. <laughs> my checkbook, like that yeah. was uh, that I, and I wish they taught that in schools. It, it's really one of those life lessons that you shouldn't have to figure out on your own. Well, one of my very first episodes of the show last year was on budgeting, and I interviewed a budget coach. And you know, she kind of gave me a different perspective on it, even because I am one of the many, many people who do not did not know how and did not want to know how <laughs> to budget. <laughs> and but what she taught me was that it's very actually very empowering yes. to do it and to tell your money what to do for you and to look at all of it with this positive mindset of, you know, look at me, I get to save, I get to, here's this goal I have, and I'm going to get to make that goal a reality with this discipline of writing down my income and expenses. And, you know, just really kind of turning the whole thing on its head, because it does tend to have a negative connotation, you know, to most people. It does. And it's scary. I mean, especially again, because we're really not taught that. I mean, you're lucky if your parents really sat you down and, and said, this is how, this is how you, you manage your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But whether we're making, you know, a thousand dollars a month or $10,000 a month, we're always having to, 
to have a budget of some sorts. Right. And whether you look at it and write it down on paper, there is an amount that's coming in every month and there is an amount that's going out every month. And if the amount that's going out exceeds the amount that's coming in, you have a problem. <laughs> whether you write it down and look at it or not. <laughs> it's That's so true. And also paying off debt. Um, that was a lesson that I had to learn as well because, um, you know, I did get a credit card and of course, you know, instantly, you know, it's all of a sudden full. <laughs> we can do its limit. How did that happen? <laughs> like, right? Where did it? Where, what did I spend this money on? Yeah. Um, but paying off debt is also one of those things that's very achievable and empowering to do. And and I'll tell you, the minute I did pay off that credit card, I put it away because I was like, yeah. that was not fun at all. Yeah. Um, but if you do find yourself that you have multiple credit cards and and that you're in debt, there is a way to do that. And, and again, instead of, you know, I'm, I'm going to really discourage people going to one of those credit fix places. I found at least for myself, that didn't work. Like mm-hmm. giving you all my, you know, paying them to pay your credit cards isn't, isn't really a good solution. Um, but so you can work with the credit card companies yourself. You can call them, you can make payments as long as you're making some kind of payment, they're not going to, you know, yeah. they're not going to throw you in jail. So yep. th- there are ways to, to figure it out and you've right. got to just try. It doesn't hurt to ask and it doesn't hurt to, you know, again, communicate the situation that you're in and, and see if you can work out a win-win situation. Yeah, exactly. And if that means that you have to figure out a way to, you know, cut costs at the grocery store, or if that means that you might need a second part-time job, you know, when the kids are at school or daycare, you know, who, who knows what the different arrangements might be, but there's, there's sometimes little things that you have to do that feel overwhelming and exhausting, but they in turn will yield the results that you're looking for and you'll feel better on the other side of that. So, and it takes time, you know, you have to have realistic expectations, like nothing's going to be solved overnight. Mm -hmm. But if you do little baby steps, you know, they're going to, they're going to lead you down that path and you will get resolution, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the challenges that, that you might be facing. Yeah. Yep. And it could be as simple as, you know, changing the stores you shop at, you know, I, I don't know if it's, I'm assume it's nationwide. There's Aldi. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there used to be a very, very different store than it is now, but you know, I mean, if you have to shift to That's right. you know, Aldi instead of Hy-Vee, then you just, you, you know, you learn to make that work, you know, those kinds of changes sometimes go a long ways. So. They really do. I mean, and I know people like going to places like Whole Foods because, you know, maybe they've got better quality. I don't know what I yeah. call it whole paycheck because that's <laughs> what you do. What you're going to you spend. That's for you. <laughs> two bags of, and you know, all your money's gone. Yeah. So you, do, you have to, you have to make it work. And you know what? Kids like spaghetti and spaghetti is pretty cheap to make. Yes, exactly. So things like yeah. that, 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 yeah, it may not be a ribeye, you know, every night, but you're getting your family fed, you're doing what you should be doing. And really what that is, is being there for your kids mm-hmm. and showing them that again, it you don't have to 
have material things to make them happy. They yeah. really just want your attention and your time. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to buy that. And it also makes you appreciate that ribeye more. Doesn't mean you can never have one again. It means when you have one, it's going to taste better because <laughs> you've been eating spaghetti. That's right. <laughs> or ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really cheap. <laughs> yeah. oh, trust me. And we know that these things are not healthy, but you know, that you got to do what you got to do for a while. And speaking of sacrifices, you know, we got to stop wasting money on things we don't need. Sometimes we tell ourselves that things are essentials when they're actually luxuries. And so, you know, one example I'll give is um, I, I don't want to admit what my coffee habit was costing me, but I found these bottles of cold brew at the grocery store. Now, granted, even those are not cheap. They're five bucks for each, you know, jug, but you make that iced coffee and cream at home and it's significantly less than going through the drive-thru and getting one. So, you know, (laughs) little things like that. that, And those are the things that, you know, I always ask myself, you know, is this a want to have or a need to have? And, you know, if it's a want to have, I'm going to really, really question that, um, that intention of, of having to have that, um, rather than needing to have it, which to your point, we can, you know, make a pot of coffee and put it in the fridge and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and cream and you've got iced coffee. There you go. (laughs) You do what you got to do. Now, as part of your plan to make ends meet as a single mom, did you ever set up automatic savings where like part of your check went to an account that just automatically went into savings? Or have you heard of people doing that? I didn't, but I have heard of that. And I don't know if that was even an option back in the day. I feel like old right now. It was like another Um, world. (laughs) Yeah, but but those things are awesome because you don't even see it. It's just And it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, it could be 5% of your check and you wouldn't even miss it and it adds up. And even applications like Acorn, right? Where um, let's say something costs 75 cents and then um, it rounds it up and it puts it away for you. So Mm -hmm. even that quarter, all of that adds up if you're just rounding up and putting the rest away. Right. But any, anything like that, that can help you not think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just does it automatically for you. I think, I think are, are must haves. I think it's the key because I mean, obviously saving is the last thing on anybody's mind. If we're sitting here talking about how to make ends meet and it's a battle every week, but, but it's a critical step because, you know, building a nest egg gives you peace of mind that you're covered in case of an emergency. Even if that nest egg is a, a Robin's egg right now, you know, it's something. Yeah. So if you get a flat tire, you're not going to have to not eat that week, you know? Well, and when you're raising kids, um, there's always something that comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was always really frustrating to me because it's like, you know, you're saving, 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 and, Oh, the kids need braces. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, there's just, there's always something that kids need, but kids grow up and they become adults and life, you know, that's, I think our job, you know, having kids, we have the responsibility until they're 18 and then they're adults. And, and our job is to prepare them for that adulthood. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not always easy either. You know, right. like want to help our kids and, 
Um, one of the toughest things I ever did with my youngest son is time to go. <laughs> and he yeah. was not happy because <laughs> he had not, you know, his idea was like, I'll just live at home. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that's part of my job is to push you out of the nest. Make them <laughs> to adulthood. Uh, even though sometimes it's hard, you know, yeah. it's hard to, hard to do that. Yeah, exactly. Are you struggling to decide whether divorce is the right decision for you or just tired of feeling like you're broken and everything is all your fault? The decision of how and whether to leave a toxic relationship can take years without good support from people who understand. The Starting Over Stronger Toxic Relationship Recovery Support Group is designed with you in mind. Led by me, Certified Divorce and Life Transition Coach Annie Allen, and with a small group of women in your shoes, you're going to find understanding here. We're going to talk about the patterns of these relationships and what you can do about them. There are currently two weekly groups running, one on Monday evenings at 6 p.m. Central and the other on your Wednesday lunch hour at noon Central. So whether you need an evening or a daytime group to meet your needs for privacy during this call, please consider joining us. If you're interested in learning more, just send an email with your interest from your secure email address that only you have access to, to Annie at startingoverstronger.com. And if you're in a controlling or abusive relationship, wondering how you could ever be a part of a support group like this without putting yourself at risk or exposing your desire to leave, please indicate that in your email and we can discuss solutions. You can make this work. And I know you feel alone, but you're not. Reach out and find the help you need. Well, so, um, you know, another thing that I, I know sometimes people do resort to is, is the payday loan, title loans, you know, when they just can't think of any other option, you know, but that, that's a cringeworthy one, not a good one. You definitely want to use every other available resource before resorting to this. And what are your thoughts on that? Because Did you ever have to do that? The minute you start, um, you know, it's almost backstepping in yeah. my opinion, because, you're getting a you're getting a payday loan, so you're getting money for that you that you haven't even earned yet. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, right? So so let's say you need a hundred dollars. Maybe that is your only option, but I wouldn't make a habit of it because it's just gonna it's just gonna backfire on you. Yeah, because you're always gonna be owing. Yeah, more than you have always, right, right? You're not really paying anything off and you're paying interest on it. So yeah, I need a hundred dollars, but now I'm going to have to pay $125 for that hundred dollars. And yeah. it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, getting kind of those prepaid credit cards, I think are, are great to be able to put money away and into mm-hmm. so that, you know, and, and don't use it until you need it until you, there's, there is that kind of situation that, you can pull the card out and use it. It's better to pay that kind of interest than a payday loan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and obviously affordable housing is going to be a big part of it. Um, you know, for you, it was moving to an island where it was affordable, but for other people, it might be getting a smaller apartment than you want, moving across town. Uh, right. You know, this is going to look a lot of different ways. And, you know, you were, you were fortunate to have that settlement money to be able to have down payment money for a house, which does work for some people, other people maybe have to compile tax refunds or, right. you know, something to try to to try to get into home ownership or even just pay first month's rent, you know, or something. So there's a lot of different ways that that's going to look. But I guess the, the the tip here is just to really be creative in what you look for, because there are options. There's a lot of options that maybe just aren't on the surface. You know, you've got to dig for. I completely agree with that. You do have to be creative. And that's, again, where some of your networking can come into play. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm seeing uh, today more than ever are, you know, parents who are dealing with kids who are on the spectrum and there's medical bills that go, go with that. And there's challenges of, you know, of, of working when you really want to be at home with your child who needs you. One of the things that we created on the Island, what was a co-op of sorts of where there was, you know, five um, single moms and we would, help each other with babysitting. And so we didn't have to pay a babysitter. Um, We were helping each other. So that, that was the exchange. Um, So I, I definitely encourage co-op type situations that you can um, go in and put together a group of people. And then, you know, it's like put together a little rules and, and some, um, you know, rules of engagement or, or whatnot and, yeah. and then help each other. Cause that's, that's really creative and resourceful. Yeah. yeah I like that today. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of speaks to the, the idea of just being willing to admit that you need help seeking the help you need. There are a lot of organizations out there for single moms that provide resources, you know, whether that be childcare or money or groceries or, you know, like food pantries or, you know, just any utility assistance. There's just, there's so much help out there. You just have to be willing to put your ego aside and ask for it and realize that it's there for people in the situation that you're in. And you're just in this situation right now. You're not going to stay here forever. And that's what its intention is, is to help you get out of this situation so that you can make new plans for your life to move away from this need. So. That's right. And I'll tell you, it was, it was very humbling, you know, again, on this little small island of 4,000 people, you know, going and standing in line at the food bank. I mean, because everyone knows there's Jill, the food bank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, and, and the interesting thing is, is people don't care. I mean, they really don't. No one is, no one is going home and saying, oh my gosh, guess who I just saw in the food bank line? Mm-hmm. You know, that's. And if they are, shame on them. No, right. They're the one that's the issue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so we do have to sm- swallow our pride, you know, and, and just go through it because tomorrow's another day and people really aren't going to remember what happened the day before. Yeah. And that's the, this is true. Even if that re- means public assistance, food stamps, right. you know, unemployment and public assistance, you know, all of these things, I, I 
probably are not things that you really ever wanted to have to need. But, you know, if you do for a while, that's why they're there. And the important thing is just to use them as a bridge, not a permanent solution. And I think when you look at it that way, it's a little bit easier to accept. It's not that you've sunk to this level that you're going to stay at. It's that this is a bridge that's getting you across to where you want to be and making it possible for you to, you know, become who you want to be in your new life and whatever that looks like, you know, so. So any other thoughts on tips that really helped you to bridge the gaps in your single mom life? Yeah. um, Becoming friends with your neighbors, you know, and, and bringing together, even if it's maybe a church that you go to or being able to share what your needs are. And, um, and again, creating some goals um, for yourself. So even if they're small goals, like I want to save a hundred dollars this year. Well, how do you start doing that? Well, you've got to, you know, maybe you're putting away, you know, $5 a week and, you know, at the end of 52 weeks, you've got over a hundred dollars and, and that's one goal, but, but I, I recommend at least three goals you know, even if it's one of your goals is waking up every morning and writing down three things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, some of some of those changes that you can make um, really do make a difference in in how you look at life and how you look at your situation and anything that you can do to really lift your spirit. Um, and and we all have bad days. Um, there's no doubt. And right now, I would say the the country is probably at the lowest. It's been for depression, like more people have depression than ever before. This is where you can have control of your life and do little things that are going to keep you at, you know, where you're not sinking into that state. And if you are, get help, get on mm-hmm. some medication, go to counseling. Um, and again, these, these resources are out there um, and very cost effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're mostly on sliding scales. Uh, for the counseling side, and then again for medication, for de- for depression. Um, if that's the only thing that's going to shift that that chemical reaction that you're going through, um, it has to be done because without it, it doesn't solve itself. Well, what we're talking about here is just taking stock of your situation. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier to write, write down your budget, but another powerful writing exercise is to write down your goals, write down your thoughts, write down your feelings, write down your plans, write down, write everything. (laughs) Because the more you write, the less you have going on in your head. And I dare say a lot of depression and anxiety and overthinking is the result of letting all of that stuff just be floating around in your head all the time and not getting it out onto paper. That's you know, right. when when you've, you know, in this kind of a situation, even if you feel like, you know, you want to try to move through this and, and you're, you've gotten through some of the rough patch and maybe you're feeling like you're getting back on your feet always take stock of where you're at, where you've been and where you're going. And and that's financially, emotionally, practically, and and, in every other way, just writing things down gets it all out. And there's a lot of power in that. I like the writing part of it because you can look back and be like, oh my gosh, this is where I mentally was two years ago and look at how far I've come or wow, look at the lessons that I learned through that uh, process 
So yeah, journaling, making lists. I'm a big list girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because just to get it either that or my mind will just spin with it. All night. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, if it's, if you put, you're putting it down on paper, then you're getting it out of your head. So if you're writing down all of your expenses, it actually helps you to feel less caught off guard in the future. You know, if you really sit down and think about all of the things that you are going to owe or things that you're going to have to pay for, you know, on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, on even a yearly basis, like this, you know, tax bills or membership dues or things that are, that are periodic, you know, then you're not going to be surprised by those things because you've got it all written down. And so it's really just about that as well. Like for example, you know, I would pay my, you know, my house payment on the first, my car payment on the, on the 16th. That was, I, I did that by design. So I wasn't using my whole paycheck on those mm-hmm. two things. And then I had no money left for food for the rest yeah. of the month, you know, or yeah. I had to wait till the 15th, 16th until I got paid again. So you mm-hmm. can design more of how, where your money's going at what time of the month. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you think about it, if, you, if you're writing everything down and really being intentional about it all, then you you probably will be able to find place in there somewhere for self-care so that you can go get a $5 latte without guilt, you know, because you've said, you know, hey, I've got all these expenses, but I've got this $100 a month that it's just sitting there. What what could I do with that? Maybe I could save 80 of it and spend 20, you know, or whatever creative solution you come up with. It, it's going to be very empowering because it's going to allow you to treat yourself a little bit as you can in without guilt because right. you, you've got it all down. So and we have control over that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, obviously a lot of what we're talking about is just finding support, you know, if, especially if you're young and, and, you know, you just really are feeling discouraged and you just, you don't feel like, you know, all the things you, sh- you need to know to get where you want to go. You got to reach out, find, find somebody, best advice I ever got was find somebody that you're super jealous of and befriend them and figure out how they did it. <laughs> Because then you don't have to be jealous anymore. You, you know how they got there. And I mean, if they're a nice person, they're going to help you because they want to see other people succeed. So, and and if they don't, then they're probably not a good role model anyway. So find somebody that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's amazing what is at our fingertips today. You know, yeah. YouTube, you could, you could find out how to do pretty much anything on the internet. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. And um, there are some really creative people out there. Um, Again, I've seen some, some really fun things that, you know, where with each paycheck, um, you know, you get the cash and then you disperse it and, you know, different envelopes. Envelopes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, whatever's going to work for you is, is the key, but there's a lot of options out there. So just keep looking until, you know, something clicks and you're like, I can do that. Yeah. And we know that writing all this stuff down and asking for help and finding support and coming up with all these creative solutions probably really kind of sucks for a while. But the thing is that when you've done it for a while, you'll start to see results from it. And then you're going to experience a boost to your self-esteem, to your hope, to your encouragement about the future. And that's really why we're suggesting you do all these things, because we want you to get to that point. And we know you will, because 
Jill did it. I did it. You've got to find that place. That's going to be that bridge for you to get to that. And, and you're going to love it when you do hundred percent agree. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts on making ends meet as a single parent and, and what that journey is like? Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it takes work and it takes hard work. There's just no other way around it. And I think as soon as that's just a part of your acceptance and it's part of your day-to-day, you're going to work hard no matter what, even if it's being at home and taking care of the family, you know, your kids doing laundry, cooking, cleaning, all these things. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is try to do what brings you joy in, in those things. So if you're doing laundry or if you're doing cleaning again for the, for the umpteenth time that day or cleaning up after the kids and, or I remember like I did two loads of laundry a day, just, you know, just to keep up with the the kids and, you know, to try and make it fun. It's not, you know, the more that you think of it as a chore or as something that you hate doing that resonates into how you, how you look at yourself and how you experience it. It's so true. And so if Mm -hmm. you can shift that a little bit, shift that thinking to where it's, you know, it's just part of my job, but I do and try not to make it so, so negative, Mm -hmm. really going to make the biggest difference in your mind. And your mind is where the control is and absolutely. And how you wake up every day. Yeah, I agree. I could not agree more. That's a great way to sum it up. Mindset is everything. I love to use the analogy that I saw one time that you can either enjoy the beauty of the snow or you can bemoan it, but you're going to have snow either way. (laughs) And and that's really what mindset is all about is just deciding that no matter what comes, I'm going to find the good in it and I'm going to focus there because what we focus on gets bigger. And we have choices. I mean, I remember my, you know, I would call my mom crying and complaining about, you know, how horrible my marriage was. And she said, you know what, Jill, you've got, you've got choices, first of all. And your choices are you can either put up with it or you can leave. Mm-hmm. And that was really, at the end of the day, I decided to leave because, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to put up with it. Yeah. But those are the choices that we have. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can put up with it. I know a lot of women that put up with things that, that are really challenging for them, mm-hmm. for them, you know, bless their hearts. It's just, that's their choice though. And they yeah. decided to put up with it. Yeah. And really that comes down to my final thoughts on this. And my final point is just to know your worth, whether, whether you have a job or you don't yet have a job or a way to provide for yourself and you're still negotiating in your divorce, you have to know your worth and demand it. And if your worth is that you've been working at this office job for X years and it's been X years since you got a pay pay raise, it's time to go in and ask for more. If you believe you deserve it and you're doing the work, you have to go in and demand your worth. And I think a lot of women especially really struggle with that. Men, not so much. Some do, but, you know, it it just is a thing that is hard sometimes for a woman to, to just 
take the reins like that and to, to speak her value into the world. But it's very important. And, and maybe for you, if you haven't had a job and you're in the middle of a divorce, maybe that looks like negotiating as part of your settlement that you're going to finish your degree and it's going to be paid for through the settlement somehow. And, you know, or diff, you have to get creative again, uh, be resourceful, but there is a way to know your worth and demand that you get it. And that's my final encouragement to any listeners today. If if you're thinking about how to make ends meet, that should just be a bridge to getting you to where you really truly are getting what you're worth and and you can demand that in your life. So I encourage you to do that. Keep your head up. You're you're doing a great job. Being a single mom uh, or, or dad is not enviable place to be and it's not a permanent place in most cases. So just do your best and, and you'll get where you're going. So thank you for being here, Jill. Thank you so much, Annie. It's always, always a pleasure to talk to you and yeah. I look forward to talking again. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. And I want to also be sure to mention that one uh, offering that OurDivorce.com has is a new podcast called My Crazy Divorce. Yes. And what's interesting I was as I was thinking about it is that OurDivorce.com really is for people that are going through pretty amicable divorces. But My Crazy Divorce podcast is kind of the fun version of the exact opposite of that. <laughs> right. So well, it's all about hearing these stories that will make you thankful for what you went through in your divorce. <laughs> I agree 100%. Yeah, please go to mycrazydivorce.com if you want to be a guest. Uh, we certainly have the form online and we uh, we release our podcast every Thursday. And so please tune in, um, go check it out. We've got some great guests and topics and fun stories. Yeah. And I and I was lucky to be one of those guests. And I if I remember right, I might be coming up this week for release on November 18th. So I look forward to hearing that. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, thank you for joining us. I hope that you have learned something here today and, and gained encouragement for your situation that you can move forward in confidence. And if not, you know where to go for help either OurDivorce.com, MyCrazyDivorce.com, or StartingOverStronger.com, or all of the above. We're here to help you in any way that we can to get through this season of life as best you can. And we'll see you again next Wednesday for more help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger.